Hey y'all, this is Confidently Free. And Mr. Cornerstone. And you're listening to another episode of the Becoming, Becoming One, One Podcast. Podcast. Hey, how y'all doing? Okay, so of course we want to take this time to welcome back our faithful listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this week. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Because see, you come back, okay, for another dose of these conversations. So we appreciate you for being a part of this community. And we want to say hello to the first-time listeners. You didn't have to take time out of your day or your schedule to listen to this podcast at this very second, but you did. And we appreciate you for that. If you didn't know, you can find us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Becoming One Podcast. That's Becoming the Number One Podcast. Or if you want to, you know, ask us a question, share a story, introduce a topic that you want us to discuss, you can do that too via email at becomingonepodcast at gmail.com or if you want to come to the 21st century okay leave us a voice message in our dms on instagram you can do that or if you're streaming this on anchor you could leave us a voice message there as well and as always no matter what streaming service you might be using to listen to this podcast make sure that you like you rate you subscribe and you leave us a positive review because we like five star ratings because we think we're pretty dope so we hope you think that we're dope too so now that we've taken care of that Travis, how you doing? Why, why did you do that? Like you just come in like real extra, like dramatic. That Travis, how you doing? Well, usually you say yo, and you didn't say yo, and I didn't seem like the yo was coming, so I just decided to move on. <laughs> like, what is he doing? It didn't seem like it was coming. Uh, I'm right. Moving forward, I got a whole bunch of stuff on my mind, so I've officially started studying for the PE. Which is a lot. Um, so I started studying for that. And then I've learned some more stuff about ads for Facebook. So we got, we had to get identified or confirmed. Our identity had to be confirmed for that. So we're moving forward with some things. So there's a lot that I got going on right now. Understandable. I'm all right. Gotcha. How you doing? I am doing good, um, but I feel like, and, and this isn't like speaking ill of me, but I feel like I could be better. Is that weird to say? I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. Like I'm good, like copacetic, everything's fine, but I feel like I could be better. I mean, you, you can always be better at anything. I know, but but normally if somebody's feeling good, they don't. There's never really. Well, I don't think. There's often this aspiring, my mood could be better, even though I'm good. I'm fine. I, I usually don't feel like that. I don't think that's not normal for people, but it's just in my circle, that's not normal. What I'm saying is not normal? It's not, it's not not normal. So it's like a regular, that's a regular um, thing. Yeah. So I'm good. I just, I don't know. I feel like somewhere I could be doing better, but yeah. All as well. Yeah, we gotta give a quick shout out to Monet too. She's been. She, if you see the podcast or the Miller Initiative stuff on Facebook and Instagram, most of the time it's Monet doing the stuff. So I'm like a, a behind the scenes. We're making that Facebook because I wasn't. I didn't know we were going this way. I'm like a behind the scenes brain and thought and pusher at this point. Uh, but she's been the one that's 
that you're probably interacting with. Well, to be fair, the COO, I'm handling the operational side of things, so it kind of fits. Nobody really asks you about all that. I'm just saying. We, I'm, all I'm doing is telling the people that, you know, give Monet some props because she's been the one doing that. And social media, you wouldn't think it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of work because you got to, and it's a lot of stuff to learn. So, uh, big ups to Monet. Thank you. We got to close bombs. I drop on. A what? Never mind, money. It's from the the Breakfast Club. You don't you don't listen. Well, to I it. don't even know what you said. Drop a clues bomb. A clues bomb. I don't know what that is. I know. <sighs> Anywho, so there's a lot of different. I, you know, I'm gonna try. Clue, clue, I'm gonna try my best not to dive down eight different rabbit holes, but I feel like this could go a lot of different ways. So I will try my best to just like shoot straight. Okay. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm going to try. So really, I was just, I've been thinking about mental health in terms of like protecting your mental health. And there's things that have come up like within the past couple of days that kind of added to the conversation. But what initially struck me was, um, was it last? What was today? I'm looking at the calendar. It wasn't last week. It was the week before. Um, when I found out that my uncle had passed, I went to go bring up the conversation to you. And you originally thought I was about to start talking about something else. And so because you didn't know, you were like, I just I can't I can't start my day off negative like that. You remember? Right. And so I had thought about that afterwards. And I mean, eventually, see, what happened was when they started talking about something that is normally goes down like the gloom and doom rabbit um, hole. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I just woke up. I am not trying to hear whatever gloom and doom you're about to say. Um, so I said, yo, if you, if it's something else, you know, save it for later. Cause I think you asked me, was it, um, I asked you if it was depressing. Or, yeah. Depressing. I asked if, are you, is what you're about to say depressing? And, <laughs> and I was just, like, kinda. And I said, well, you, you're going to save it for later. I don't want to start my day off bad. Mm-hmm. So I want to start my day off with music that I enjoy, uh, with an activity I want to do. I want, I don't want to start it off with depression no and that's fair enough and and you know i'm just putting it into because you you started talking about your your uncle right so it wasn't like i like i knew what was going on right just yeah i'm not he's he wasn't like that y'all i'm just explaining this is this is how it framed my thought and so because you didn't know what was going on i initially thought okay maybe i need to do a better job of trying to to help or do my part rather not help I need to do a better job of doing my part um, for you kind of maintaining or keeping well um, care of your mental health, like guarding your mental well-being. If y'all hear anybody uh, right now, that's Aaliyah in the tire upstairs. They refuse to stay in the bed. My bad for cutting you off, that's but okay. they refuse to stay in the bed. And then Aaliyah sticks her two little feet through like the... The, the rails or the or the bars or I call them frets, whatever they are. If you if you if we ever make it to putting this video out, you'll see my fingers. And then she just kind of kicks the bed. <laughs> doop 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 doop. That's what that's been. Yeah, I never knew what it was. And she's either kicking the bed or she's running rolling around in the crib, and her head will bang against the. She's so rough with herself. Wood. So she's kicking, and then Atara's climbing up on the crib and jumping over. So, if you hear anybody uh, either just making noise or you hear it thumping, it's probably them. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, I was just thinking to myself, 
maybe this is his way or it seemed like it was your way of kind of protecting your mental health. And I say that because oftentimes, and I know I've done it in the past, but I know that this is something people may struggle with where they kind of treat someone as a garbage can, like any and all ill feelings or negative things they might be dealing with. They'll target, I don't know, I shouldn't say target, but they'll kind of designate. They do. They know who to talk to. They'll designate a person and they're not doing it to be malicious, but they don't understand the ripple effect of how all of this sad doom and gloom, so to speak, is impacting the person that they're speaking to. Right. So when that happened, I said, okay, maybe th- this is him trying to protect his mental health. And in, in the moment I was like, I didn't mean to be, and I know I wasn't being, but I didn't mean to be overbearing or just starting off negative. But in my mind, I was like, I don't even really know when to bring this up or how to maneuver around this conversation because he just wants to enjoy a good morning right now. And so from having that thought, you know, just kind of considering and thinking of that. And then there was the conversation that had kind of surrounded a post that you um, share about black men and therapy or black men and mental health and how, some black men just are not with it as far as like going and talking to somebody or just you being the one I just put up, yeah, oh. or being real specific or particular about who they even speak to, as if you know, it's kind. Of, it kind of reminds me of what you were saying before about people identifying with pain, right? Like or bonding over pain. That's what you said, and so it was almost a matter of well, if they don't understand, you know, they can't help me. All these other things, but then there were other people who were like, "No, like we need to address this. We need to deal with this. Like the it stops here. The buck stops here, basically." And so I was just kind of thinking about, man, how often is the mark missed? And I feel like it's so frequent and so often. But how often is the mark missed when it comes to? being mindful of black men's mental health in terms of doing our part to not designate them as the emotional mental dumping grounds so to speak so i'm curious to kind of hear i mean i know you shared something with me last week about kind of how to be there for somebody or no it was two weeks ago maybe and I just think kind of dissecting that a little bit more because I know I can't be the only person listening or only person in this conversation rather who kind of thinks that being present for a man somehow is it it looks different. It's a different set of rules or whatever. Well, you you started off and I'll I'll catch up with you on your train of thought here. Yeah. Go ahead. So, okay. Before it was like there's some ulterior like or other code that needs to be used or some other way of handling a man when he's going through whatever the case might be and you would think that being there for a man simply looks like being there for a human being there for a person but for some reason and again There's got to be somebody else out there who might have had this issue. It just seems like we had an innate feeling of we should be doing something else. Like it couldn't possibly be this simple. It couldn't possibly be this straightforward. And I don't know if that stems from us being quote unquote so different or if it comes from the um, repeated thing in society of how, you know, men are supposed to be yada, yada, yada. 
So that's kind of been my my thought process, so to speak. Okay. So I'm wondering what you can kind of shine some light on in terms of how we can do our part to not make you all or designate you all as the dumping site, but also how do we stand in the gap and be there for you all in terms of your mental health or emotional health? Uh, where, where, where do you want me to start? With you that start concept? wherever you want. So I'm just going to start. Yeah. So last week, going back to Monet's uncle's passing, um, Monet, there was a it was a point in time where she was like, "Okay, I'm going to give him space." Or talking about my dad. Yeah, I'm going to give him space, and you know, with this tragedy had had happened, and and then the I think it was like a day the day after is when I found out about it. So it had been no, because I found out Saturday morning, and then I told you Saturday. It was like sometime in the afternoon. And e- either way, it was over 12 hours had passed by. So then I asked her, yeah, it was over 12 hours. I know that for sure. I had asked her, how, well, how much space do you plan on, on giving him? The man, you know, he just lost his brother. And this goes into the how do you really support men or whatever. Because um, she said, well, if I talk to him, he's going to cry. And I said, well, so? <laughs> like sometimes... And the the fact is that men need to cry sometimes, and I don't know what was really holding you back from doing anything, or if it that if that was the only reason for not talking to him or whatever. But it seems as though people don't really know how to support men, and on our end, it's like okay, well, we know that if you're hurting, that we got to be available to. To try to be some type of shoulder to lean on, lean on. We know that we have to be there for, you know, like even our children, like if they're crying, we got to do something to comfort them. We know that for our brothers, we have to, and when I say brothers, I'm talking about like friends, you know, just men in general. We have to do something to, we laugh at it. The girls. Um, we have to do something just to be there for each other. But then when it comes to our end. Right. When it comes to us in uh, these relationships, it's sometimes it gets down to, oh, well, he's a man. He'll do something and figure it out. Or I don't have what it takes. Like, no, the same way you make the time for your friends and you drop everything to go see about them. Even if you don't know what to do, you go and find out what you can do. You have to do the same thing for men like they need the same stuff. They need the affection. They need the the time and the attention as if you, you know, as if you do actually care, not to say that you don't, but if you do care, then you give that same energy that you would give uh, your female friends, associates or whatever. Like they need that same thing. They need, like I said, the time, attention. They need the affection. And sometimes it's just you sitting down with them. They might be the type of person that, you know, and it probably it stems from trauma. I'll say nine times out of 10, I bet it stems from trauma. If they don't like being like touched when they feel vulnerable or hurt or whatever, it probably stems from trauma. Uh, but they might just need somebody just to be there. If they don't want you touching them, don't touch them. Just sit there and be in the presence. Do you not want to be touched? I don't have a problem with being touched. Mm. It seems as though people 
will tend to lean on that, you know, men will just kind of figure it out or they'll circle up together. But it's kind of like a destructive cycle because especially once you get further along in your life, men become more loners than anything. It's more about their own family than anything else. So it's not like uh, for many men, they have the you know, really, really close relationships uh, with each other anymore that they maybe had when they were single. So that's one part of it. Um, then two, if they don't have that relationship with their friends and they're not getting that from like a spouse or wherever, or their kids or, you know, the people that they've been putting all this time to time into, then who are they going to get it from besides themselves? And that's when men start to shut down. They'll say, okay, well, I've had to figure it out by myself. That's just what I'm going to do. And they, uh, retract retreat retreat that's the word i'm looking for they retreat within themselves and they find a spot where they feel you know quote unquote safe and they stay there and it's hard to come back from that space because you don't feel safe with these people that are around you anymore even though you might love them you might think the world of them you might think they're great but the in your mind, you'll say, well, when it comes down to me, right? When the, what's the saying? Like when the rubber hits the pavement or whatever. When the rubber hits the road. When the rubber hits the road, I'm by myself, mm. right? So that's the feeling of it. And when that happens, um, I believe that's kind of a destruction that goes into the destruction of the family. Just because if he's retreated, right? It doesn't matter if he's in the home anymore. He's not there. Yeah. I think the biggest, I guess, like negative concept that goes into not being there for the man is this notion of it's almost like we become the fixers in our minds. Like, well, we want to fix the situation. And it's almost as if if we don't have the right combination of how to fix it, then we are kind of just stuck. And so if I'm coming to you, I'm just talking, if I'm coming to you and I'm trying to console you or whatever the case might be, and your mood is not like coming up at all, it's like, okay, what I'm doing is not working. But I think the mark that gets missed is the fact that our job isn't to improve or make better, but simply be there. I mean, part of that is just knowing the person though, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like if somebody's having a bad day, it's not like Jesse walking in the room is going to be, oh, my day is 10 times better. Right. But having a bad day versus grieving versus, you know, any all of these it. other things. Like any of it. Just walking in the room for anybody, it's not like that's just going to solve or take away whatever's the problem. Right. So knowing that person, right? If you talk to them, they move doesn't lift. They're not ready to talk. You know, you got to kind of finagle that that conversation where uh, and I'm trying to think back because I, I do it all the time. But to explain it is different because you have to know like you have to know the person. Right. And if somebody's not forthcoming with information, if they're not like the type to just burst into tears and oh this is what's wrong with me which is what you'll find with most men you have to learn how to talk to them to get them to like kind of okay 
lower lower those lower those guards down a little bit. Let's let's talk about this. You know, we're not going to run from this conversation. And that's really what happens is we start to run from the conversation like, you know, just just leave it. Just leave it. Just leave it. Right. And that's just leave it. And, and you'll, you'll say that. And what, what will happen is what you what I do is I'll leave it. But I'll keep talking to you. And when you're ready then you will bring it back up because I know that it's important for you to talk about it. And I know that if I talk to you, you'll know that you can talk to me. So because you are important to me and because this conversation is important to you, we are going to talk consistently. If not today, I'll call you again sometime soon. Mm-hmm. But eventually we will talk about this because you need to know that you're not in this alone. See, I appreciate you saying that because I think the thing that goes over heads a lot is the fact that it's not about the other person. Like the whole taking it personal gets involved. Like, oh, he don't want to open up to me. My feelings are so hurt. Like, <laughs> It's not, and and again, I think that that goes over heads a lot. This this idea of it's it's something about me, and a lot of times it's just not. It's that person who might not be ready or comfortable, or they may just not want to talk in that moment. But it's not something that should be taken personal to the degree of now you're offended and you don't want to talk about it anymore with them anyway. Yeah, because everything isn't about you know, yeah, whoever you is you. Mm-hmm. Like whatever important that if you're listening to this, everything is not about you. It's not about you, right? So if especially when you're con- trying to console somebody, mm-hmm. it's not about you. And see, the idea that it's not about you, and again, it's two different tracks, but same concept. So even when I went to go, even I'm cutting you off again. But even if they never talk to you, mm-hmm. it's not about you, right? You and if then you at least back, made the effort. If they come back and say, yeah, I talked to such and such and such and got over it. Good. It's not about you. It's about you being able to get over or you being able to work your way through whatever's going on. And you at least are making yourself available. So that way, if something were to come up the next time, you at least show you make yourself available when things like this happen as opposed to, well, fine, forget it. I, we just, I guess, I don't, I don't want to talk to you about it anyway, you know? Yeah. Because even, even if they never come and talk to you, mm-hmm. even if you're never the person that they talk to, yeah, right. If you're in community with that person, then they need to know that you got their back. Right. Find out. You might not be the person they talk to about trauma. Mm-hmm. You might be the person they come to for a laugh. Either way, it's all needed. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about, you know, be that one on one relationship. Mm hmm. I was, um, what was I going to say? Oh, the whole, it's not about you thing. So when I went to initially bring up the conversation and you didn't know I was talking about my uncle at that point, um, when you were saying you don't want to hear nothing depressing. And then I went and thought to myself, okay, this is him creating a boundary and, and making safe his mental health in the moment. I had to then say, okay, this has nothing to do with me. This is him trying to 
not necessarily protect, but basically protect himself right now. He's good. He would like to remain good. He wants to stay good. Right. And so whatever it is that I have to say that may even be slightly depressing is not information that he is very vocal about wanting to receive. And and that's something just, you know, in general to remember about me. I don't I don't want depressing news in the morning if it can be helped. You know, what I mean, I don't I don't want it in the morning. If it's some urgent, then, you know, you can't stop the stuff. Mm-hmm. But if it's something that can be helped. Like if it if I had known that he had passed, then we would have had the conversation. I know. But if it can be helped in any other time, like if it's just, you know, you wanting to vent or whatever, <laughs> it's gonna have to wait till another time. And I'm not perfected. I haven't perfected it yet. But I I feel like pat myself on the back right here. I feel like I've gotten significantly better at at least saying or I'll either ask or when you tell me no, I'm just like okay. And I'm not like bulldozing and just sharing or spewing anyway. Because some people do that. Yeah. And I'm not sure what, you know, how women go about kind of picking and prodding to see where the other person is at. Uh, But my biggest example is just talking with like Reggie. Yeah. Right. So when we first get on the phone, usually there's like a a back and forth, just like kind of poking at each other Mm -hmm. type of thing. And you would think it's just, you know, all they, that's how they bond is making fun of each other or whatever. But in reality, if you, if you uncover that, Mm -hmm. right, what's actually happening, and this is what I talk about, like paying attention. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you uncover this, and this is like behind the scenes information. So, you know what I mean? So if you're hearing this, it's top secret, top secret. Anyway, top, top shelf. Anyway, if you uncover men's conversation, Mm -hmm. if you stick around long enough to listen, that poking and prodding in the beginning, um, at least from my experience, is always the like the temperature check. The thermometer. Yeah, it's like where where are you? Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Are you in a goofy mood? Are you in a heavy mood? Because if you are not okay or in a heavy mood, the whole joking is very dull. Yeah, it's and, not going to. And yeah. and sometimes it doesn't. You don't start off with jokes. Usually it's oh what's up or how you doing yada yada and then you get into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, our the biggest example that I can think of is back in I want to say it was either high school or college. I remember I was we were on the phone, not we. I was on the phone with Reggie. I couldn't. I don't remember who said it. I believe it was me that said it. But Reggie called and he was. I was having a like a bad day. Something was going on. I don't know what. I just remember I was having a bad day and he called and he just, you know, just got to talking, right? Just talk, talk, talk. And then after a while, you know, I wasn't hearing what he said because I was still on my own stuff. And I just said, Reggie, you know, it would be good if you kind of found out where I was first before you started talking, because some days I'm just not here for it. And it it came off. Just, you know, not those exact words, mm-hmm. but it came off as, you know, yo, you really got to find out where the person is that you're getting on the phone with because you don't know what kind of mood or situation they're coming out of. And from that point on, we both do, you know, we both do. Now we have to remind each other every now and again, but mm-hmm. at the same time, that's something that we kind of make sure to do is, okay, where is this person before I go to dump something on? And I just want to say, especially to the listeners, um, 
you know, people make it sound like, you know, women have all of these issues and we need to protect women and all these different things. And all the time, which we do, which yes, I'm not saying we don't need to do those things. I'm just saying it is very consistent and unfortunate that we regularly kind of just let men's issues and cares and concerns fall by the wayside. Um, and so I'm saying all this to say, like, you know, the last couple of episodes were called Heavy is the Crown. And we talked about the mantle of fatherhood and, you know, being a husband and all these different things. The, the weight, I mean, it's, it's quote unquote hard to be a woman. Yeah. Okay. We have our own struggles, but I personally could not imagine living a life as, you know, a black man and being a husband and being a father and carrying that mantle. I, I just, I can only imagine the weight of that and then living in a society that kind of can in one breath shame, you know, men talking about feelings and then in another breath just exalting everybody else's issues and kind of just downplaying black men's issues. And so I'm just saying all that to say, I think it's really important for us individuals who have close relationships with these black men to really be mindful and vigilant of what's going on in their lives. Where are they at mentally? Where are they at emotionally? And just be there, be present, be mindful, be intentional and be aware uh, because they need to talk. They need to vent. They need to express themselves. They have issues they need to work through. It's not as if, you know, people always talk about superwoman complex and all these other things. It's not like they're bulletproof. You know, they have feelings too. They have bad days too. And it's not their job to solely deal with it alone. We always talk about community. So in that same breath, if we're talking about community all the time, it's important for those who are, you know, in that community with them to kind of support them too. Here's, here's my thing. And this is kind of a positive note for, for me is looking out on society. There's more conversation happening today than there ever has been Mm -hmm. right from podcast to Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, still going on TikTok. All of these platforms, people are talking and exposing, right? Their, their issues, their exposing their lifestyle, what happens, what goes on, what do they struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. So they're exposing all of these things. And what ends up happening is that now we see the other side of things. Mm-hmm. So we look at it and say, Oh man, I didn't know that men dealt with this too. Or, Oh man, I didn't realize that women dealt with this. So what I think that eventually we'll move to, man, it's hard to be, uh, a, we'll move from man. It's hard to be a man or a woman to man. I can't believe that people deal with this, mm-hmm. right? Because it's hard to be a woman and it's hard to be a man. It's hard to be a person. <laughs> Life is hard. Yeah. No matter what you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. Life is hard, mm-hmm. right? We deal with things that we need help with. And it's okay to say like this, it's hard to be a woman, but you don't, in my opinion, right? You don't go and say, well, women's life is like, you know, you don't put, basically what I'm trying to say is you don't put down men to show how hard women and you don't put down you know women to show how hard it is to be a man Mm -hmm. like i should be able to listen to your grievances 
as a black woman and say, how can I help with that? And not feel as though my value is any less. Yeah. And you should be able to listen to me uh, as a black man, you know, as a Christian, as you know, all the different all the things boxes that I fit into. Right. You should be able to listen to those and say, how can I help without feeling like you are any less mm-hmm. because I have issues right? or because you have issues. You have things that you have to deal with. Right. Um, your life could be easier. My life could be easier. But what you hold. Right. What's heavy for you. Uh, it might be not. It may not be heavy for me, but that's not the point. Mm-hmm. It's heavy for you. Right. So that's all that matters. It doesn't matter if somebody else agrees with it or not. That's what you're dealing with. Yeah. And that's what's bothering you. And the same goes for me on this end and everybody else. Like what's on our plate, what's on your plate, if it feels overwhelming for you, then, you know, it doesn't matter if somebody else thinks it's small or big. It doesn't, it's on your plate. You're the one that's learned to handle that, right? Mm-hmm. So we, sh- I don't, it's not right for us to go around and say, well, it, you, you know, that doesn't matter. You don't, you don't matter because I have to deal with this on my plate. Like we have things that we're dealing with and we need to learn how to listen yeah. to each other so that we can allow ourselves to uh, grow as I mess with Monet's watch here, trying to get this stuff back on so we can allow ourselves to grow and learn with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Not push each other away, um, but, you know, just pull each other into community. Yeah. And so I think what I want everyone to have a takeaway uh, about this particular subject is to just be there. Um, and in any way you would want somebody to be there for you, just be there that way. Like if you have no idea what to do, think about how this person operates on a regular occasion when there isn't something tragic or there isn't something heavy going on and meet them there. That's where it's probably the most easiest for you because it's a spot that you're familiar with and don't be afraid to like Travis was saying earlier, they might not want to have the conversation with you still don't be afraid to reach out and and try to bridge the gap or start the conversation Um, Real real quick. And I think one of the best examples of listening to each other, right? And what that actually looks like is the show. This is us. Mm hmm. How they articulate social issues and how to walk through that as a unit and as a family with all the different stigmas and barriers. There's a lot. You know what I mean? Like, if you haven't seen it, um, a white family adopts a black child out of a lot that goes on. I don't want to spoil If you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, shame on you. Go watch it, please. Anyway, a white family adopts a black child out of uh, a really traumatic event and they show what that has looked like or what that could look like growing up with this mixed or blended family, if you will, um, while dealing with everything that goes on in the world. All the things. So it's the same way. Like, though the the white man who was the, the white brother has issues, he has mm-hmm. trauma from his past 
yada 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 um he deserves to be listened to and yeah. then you have randall who is the black child who grew up to be the black man with the black family he has his own set of issues from his own set of eyes mm-hmm. dealing with everything that he dealt with That's good. and he deserves to be listened to mm-hmm. and then you have what kate kate yeah i forgot her name for a second you have kate uh who is the sister of the group of the three they call him the big three who's the sister and she has like she dealt with uh how she viewed herself with her weight uh she's a white woman and she has viewed the world through those lenses her entire life and she has her own set of issues and she deserves to be listened to mm-hmm. right and then randall's wife what's what's her beth. name beth goodness oh the people's names you know beth. I, mean? I remember i remember bethany who. to be exact Right. She's uh, a black woman with a husband who dealt with severe anxiety um, and these like manic episodes with her own dreams. She has children. They adopt a child and she has viewed the world through her lens and she has issues and she deserves to be listened to. Right. So to if you haven't seen the show, go watch it. That's one of the best ways I can think of for a visual example of everyone listening to each other yeah that's good well he wrapped that up for me i uh don't think there's really much else i could add to that yeah you deserve to be listened to uh oh one more thing uh taraji p hinton started a foundation and they're giving out free therapy for black men i'll put the link here I believe it's still open. I'm not sure if it's closed or not at this point, Um, but go check it out. Go check out their Instagram page and all of the information is there that you need. Uh, Fellas, get help. Black men need therapy. That's what's up. So, y'all, this is Confidently Free. And Mr. Cornerstone. And you just listened to another episode of the Becoming Becoming One One Podcast. Podcast. All right, y'all. Be easy. Peace.